This podcast is brought to you by Stonely, an interactive guidance platform for self-serve support. Deflect tickets, decrease costs, and delight customers with beautiful step-by-step guides that can be embedded anywhere. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Queue, a podcast by Stonely that looks at the human side of customer support leadership. I'm your host, Meredith Metzger, and this week I'm excited to welcome Matt Dale, the Vice President of Customer Support at Illuminate Education. In this episode, I talk with Matt about how he loans his support agents to other departments during the company's slow season. He shares why he does this and how the cross-training benefits employees, customers, and the company as a whole. Hey everyone, today I am super excited to welcome Matt Dale. He is the VP of Customer Support at Illuminate Education. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today. Super glad to be here, Meredith. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on the podcast. Yeah. So just to get us started off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your job and, uh, and about Illuminate? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with uh, we'll start with the myself, and then we'll jump into my company. Um, I'm Matt Dale. Um, I'm vice president of support uh, at Illuminate Education. Um, when I started with the company a little over nine years ago, there were 20 of us, um, and now we're more than 550 employees. Um, so it's been a lot of change from you know small scrappy startup to much bigger uh, you know company with acquisitions and mergers and fun stuff like that. So there's been a lot of a lot of interesting experience uh, going through that with, uh, with Illuminate. Uh, I'm based. Boise, Idaho area, which I know is kind of near and dear to your heart. Um, yep. <laughs> so we, we live in a little little place called Star uh, and really, really love it. I've got a, a wife and two little boys, uh, soon to be, I think this week, uh, my youngest will be five and my, my eldest is going to be seven in June. So they're, they're growing up and we're, we're loving, loving doing that. Um, in addition to just the, you know, everything being a dad and, and working, um, I also like working on old electronics, uh, specifically like handheld video games. So, um, you know, Game Boys, uh, Sega Game Gears, taking them apart, soldering new pieces in, uh, putting new actually like look good um, and also collecting stuff so I, I like like vintage video game stuff so um, so like being outdoors and, and, and then working with my hands and soldering and stuff is fun um, illuminate uh, is a is a um, uh, education company we do software as a service um, and we serve a little over 5200 schools and districts here in the US the k-12 um, educational technology market uh, we have a comprehensive solution that includes screening, uh, progress monitoring for academics and behavior, assessment creation, administration, a multi-tiered system of support, MTSS for, for the educators in the audience. Um, we have dashboard solutions um, to support educators and in, in helping basically take whole child information um, and data. You know, we've got a lot of big data out there, but helping it turn into actionable insights for educators is really what we're about. Uh, my team is spread out. We have four kind of main offices at this point uh, for Illuminate, but we're mostly remote. I mean, obviously it's COVID right now and everyone's remote, but, um, but in addition to that, we've got folks in, in a lot of different parts of the U.S. here um, kind of spread out all over the place. And so um, when, when COVID hit and my boss came to me and said, hey, we're thinking of shutting the offices down, what effect is that going to have on support? And I'm like, well... We've basically been unintentionally planning for this for the last five years. We've got everybody that has tools that they need to work remote, and many of them already are. So it was really a minimal, uh, minimal impact. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about us and about our company. Nice. Yeah, sounds like it's been quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, it really has. It's been it's been exciting and a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of good lessons and and experiences along the way. I bet. So I I've, I've heard you talk before, kind of about the 
the seasonal cyclical nature of your work, um, since it's kind of based on the school year, I can definitely relate to that. Having worked in marketing for a, a university, there's definitely uh, patterns and times of the year that are really busy and then times that are kind of slower. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about what you've been doing as far as cross training uh, yeah. your team during those slower seasons? Yeah, and it's actually interesting. We, we've kind of got two aspects of cross-training that I'd love to dig into a little bit here. The first is how do we cross-train the folks on our team? Um, and, and for a little background, I didn't mention this, but we have basically 12 main products. Uh, our products are fairly complex. If you kind of think about um, um, like in the world of, of financial software, you kind of have like Mint and Quicken on the on the consumer level. You might have like QuickBooks, which is sort of small business. And then you've got you know things like Beat and SAP at the really high-end customizable enterprise. Uh, most of our products fall either in the QuickBooks um, or or the enterprise, you know, NetSuite side of things, and so um, so there's a lot of you know, all that to say there's a lot of complexity with each of our products and how each school district chooses to deploy uh, those products. And and as support professionals, it's really hard for our agents to say, hey, like I've got one product that I know really well. Uh, to say, hey, you should you should be able to answer any question that comes in on any of our twelve products is is not a reasonable ask. And so. Historically, as we were smaller companies, we had you know one product that we focused on, and, and there was a, a path that each of our you know legacy companies kind of put together to help people get trained and up up to speed on that. Um, we've grown and kind of come together with these different products. Uh, we realized that hey, we've we've got you know variance in in, in volume. Um, some of our products, all of our products as, a, as education company, like back to school gets crazy. So August through December. Um, you know, we see double volume that we would normally see in the off season, but there's also some variance in there. Some of our student information products tend to be busier as you prepare for the school year because you know it's products that the that the our clients use to to manage their schools. Some of the other products are a little bit more. Once school has started, they get very busy. They're doing assessments, they're looking at dashboards and things like that. And so we realized that we had people that were dealing with very um, very busy times, um, and and in some products it was like product is seeing, you know, double the volume of this other product. They're, they're both up, but we've got agents over here that are underutilized and we've got agents over here that are pushing really, really hard. And so one of the things that we've actually implemented in the last year was, was really trying to say, let's, let's divide our ticket queues um, and ticket types uh, contacts into, into kind of three categories, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one are the basic um, you know, how do I, how do I, how do I do this or do that? And it often can be answered with a, with a help doc or knowledge base or, or a macro. Um, tier two and tier three involve a little bit more digging in, um, some customization. It's something specific to the way that that client has things set up. Um, and then tier three is typically working with, uh, with our engineering team or with our data team to try to say, Hey, something's weird on the back end. let's deal with this. And so making those distinctions allowed our team to then say, cool, let's, let's not focus on training everybody in multiple products at all levels, but let's have everyone on a primary product that they can do tier two, tier three things on answer all phone calls and know where to get help. And then let's have them on a secondary product that they know at the tier one level. And so as volumes picked up on particular products, uh, my directors and I could sit down and, and say, hey, what do the queues look like today? What are the wait times? Um, how long have clients been waiting for an answer for a ticket? Or what do the phones look like? And then we use some, some kind of leveling um, algorithms to kind of say, cool, I think we need to move folks from this product over to this product and, and really try to balance out that, that workload. So that's kind of the first aspect um, of, of the cross training that we've been doing. Um, and I'll, I'll pause there for a second if you've got any follow-up questions or anything that I missed in, in explicating there. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I'm, 
I'm curious, what's the size of your support team um, for supporting that many products? Yeah, so we have about uh, about 45 agents um, and they, um, you know, in some some products, it's like, hey, we've got two people on this particular product. It's a smaller client base. And other ones, it's like, hey, we've got 12 on this particular product because, you know, we've got a lot more clients out there and the product happens to be a little more um, conducive to having big questions that, that need, need solving. And so, you know, again, it, it varies on product to product, but that's kind of how we're set up. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I would love to transition now into kind of how you're doing cross training and collaboration with, with the mm-hmm. rest of your company. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, it, I'll just let you take it away. Cause I, I know yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot there. One, and I think (laughs) to kind of set the stage for this too, knowing that we have this really cyclical nature of our product, our 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 volume, um, you know, if you put your CFO hat on, you go, well, if we need to staff for busy season, what are we going to do with those folks during the off season? What does that even look like? And you know, in in a lot of organizations with a less technical product, um, you know, my wife works, for example, at an e-commerce company, um, and and you know, she she's a stay-at-home mom, and I think she puts in a couple a week they just kind of have around part-time but then during their busy times uh, around you know black friday friday cyber monday and the holidays um, when they know they're going to have volume they say hey can you work you know a full week here and so she's able to say yeah let me jump in and she's kind of a warm spare you know she's there if they need her um and she's trained but but they don't need to keep her kind of time a lot of places bring on temporary help or or seasonal help to deal with those big influxes but for us and for our products we look at you know, it's, it's a, it's about a four week kind of basic onboarding and it's really about six months to a year before an agent is really self-sufficient and they can answer those tier two, tier three questions. And so I had that problem where, where my CFO comes to me and says, Hey, like, I know we have, we have all these people, we need them for busy season, but how can we be more, you know, how can we make sure that we're making good use of the resource that we have invested in these people um, during the off season? And so, um, so that was kind of one aspect of us going, you know, what are we going to do here? And the second thing I think is, is also important and that's uh, providing a good career path for, for the folks on your team. Um, for, for many folks, uh, you know, saying, Hey, I want to, I want to be on the front line of, of support, you know, for my career, answering phones and tickets, that may not be the first thing that comes to mind. And they're often saying, Hey, I'd, I'd like to see progress again, whether that's on the support team, whether that's moving to management or, you know, possibly moving to another team in the company and, and kind of growing in, in skills and abilities that way. And so kind of putting those two problems together and saying, Hey, how can we, how can we deal with the, the extra capacity we have during off season? And, and how can we also help people um, experience different parts of the company and, and, and learn more about uh, areas that might be in line with kind of their career path. Um, we, we came up with a, the idea to say, Hey, let's, let's flex agents, um, over to other parts of the, of the company. And so, um, kind of big picture as, as volume starts to taper and, and as we're getting kind of out from underwater, um, which varies from year to year this year, it's been kind of nutty with coronavirus and schools being shut down and stuff like that. But, but historically, like as we kind of move into this period, this is the time that we're using to prepare. And so some of our effort is spent, you know, pulling people off of phones tickets and spent building up some of our internal support cross-training functions, our internal documentation in JIRA, uh, making sure that our knowledge bases are, are up to date and that, that they, that they work. Uh, so kind of loaning those folks out to the, the L and D team, 
um, and, and, you know, you know, building up our, our knowledge bases. Um, and then other stuff is like, Hey, what are, what are areas that the company has needs for? So right now, um, it's, it's renewal season for us. And so can we help have, have some folks move over to the CSM team temporarily and handle some of the functions that they're working on? Or can we, can we loan them out to the, the finance team and, and have them help with, you know, some of the, you know, the, the basic, uh, spreadsheets and accounting or contacting clients, uh, that we might need to do during that time. Um, we've, we've also had folks that go over a lot of the, cause we try to get our, our new releases done prior to the school year. Um, so there's a lot of need for quality assurance and, and kind of stuff with the development and product side of the house. And so we're able to, to free up agents to do testing. That's a little later in the season. That's more June, July, um, which is pretty much a dead period for us because schools basically shut down during the summer. And so saying, Hey, like let's, let's dedicate these resources to, you know, helping prepare our products so that it's actually functional and isn't blowing up badly, um, which then reduces our support volume kind of across the board. So those are a couple different areas and ways that we've um, been able to flex some of the agents and some of the things we think about. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's like what better way, especially for QA or product development, like what better way to give them all of that frontline knowledge that your support agents are getting from customers every single day um, than to get them like embedded in those other teams. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been a really good thing. And then, you know, as you think too, from the, we've had a lot of folks move from support to QA or move from support to the, the product side of the house. And it, it's a way for the product team or the QA team to kind of test the person and say, Hey, is this someone that's going to be a good fit for our team? And so there's nothing formal. Like if you go and do this route, then you're definitely gonna get a job in six months, but it's also a, um, you know, as the hiring managers on that side of the house, as they post jobs, it's like, oh, hey, I know, I know Bob, he used to work, he spent, spent a summer kind of helping us out here and he's a great guy. And yeah, we definitely want to have him on our team. And, and so it, it's kind of a, a way to do that, um, which I always like when, when agents move from support to another part of the company, uh, they're kind of my sleeper cells, you know, they, they understand the effect. If we don't do things that make sense for support, um, they understand the bad consequences to our support team. And so, you know, we've got folks from, uh, from that, that started in support on the L and D team and on the product team and on the QA team. Um, it, it, even in sales, we've got a couple of uh, sales engineers and stuff that started with support and CSMs too. So really making sure that we've got good, um, a good support representation kind of around the company. So it's, I think it's a, it's a big win for, for our team uh, in, in being able to, uh, you know, s spread out good support practices in the organization and, and have career paths and um, continue giving back to the team, even when they've moved on into other areas. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm curious, how has that affected kind of the, the culture, the mindset of the rest of the company, as far as the value of support? I think it's, it's, it's been a subtle and, and kind of quiet, um, thing. It's it, again, they're sleeper cells. So they're not out there, you know, tooting the horn and banging the drum. It's more just like, Hey, how do you think that will affect, you know, what, are we thinking about this in this process? Are we thinking about that in this process? Um, I'd love to say that it was perfect and everything is, is dialed. Um, but it, it you know, it, we're still, it's still lots of room for improvement, but, um, but I think, again, it just makes folks and teams more support minded and more aware really ultimately of how the decisions we make in different parts of the company affect our customer experience um, and, and levels of frustration and things like that. So, um, so overall, I think it's been really good, but I can't put my finger and say there's, oh, there's this big, you know, this big thing that we've accomplished. I think it's much more subtle and quiet, um, but maybe just a little bit of a shift toward uh, being more centric, which I think is great. Yeah. How long do your your team members typically spend with these other departments? Is it like they're there for a couple of weeks or are they spending a couple hours? 
a week it, it for varies a months, depending or? on on our, our our busyness and our workload so like this year um it's going to be a lot less than we've done in the past um there have been some years where it's like wow you know basically from you know march until august you're you're on loan you know full-time loan we, we've had a couple on the lnd team as we were revamping our help docs where it was like I, I need this person as long as I can. It's like, okay, you know, like we can do it. We'll, we'll be as flexible as we can to, to make sure that as a team, as a company, we have what we needed in place to, you know, to support our customers better. Um, there's definitely sacrifice in a, in a long-term, um, you know, loan like that um, because the rest of the team then is, is left to, to handle the volume that we're seeing during that time. Um, and so it, there's always a balance that's going on there. It's, it's not just a, Hey, if, you know, if Joe gets this opportunity, then, you know, what about the rest of us? And we, we try to balance it. We try to make it fair, but, um, yeah, so, so it could be as simple as, Hey, I, I need someone two hours a week and I need it for a month. It could be a, Hey, I need someone for a full week and, and just be focused right on this product or this project. Um, and, and let's get this taken care of. And it could be a, Hey, we're, we're going to need someone full-time for, or, or part-time for, for a longer period than that. And, and so again, it's, it's just based on the bandwidth that we have available, um, and, and kind of where the needs are in the company. So, so last year when we were rolling out the internal cross training process for our, you know, the tiers and all that, we had a lot less time, um, available for folks to do other projects on other teams because we were really focusing in on how do we help, how do we help support be ready for back to school this year? Um, so again, it, it kind of just varies this year. Um, we're actually doing, uh, some, some hiring and we'll be onboarding, uh, I think probably six or seven new folks. And so wow. that's going to have a bigger, yeah, it's going to have a bigger, uh, <laughs> uh, load on our team. And, and so, you know, based on that, we may have less opportunity for folks to be on other teams, but then, you know, if there's, there's a big need, yeah, let, let's, let's be, uh, let's be team players and let's help out the rest of the company and accomplish our collective goals. Not just, you know, what we're trying to do here on support. Nice. So I've. I heard you mention earlier that you meet fairly regularly with your, your team leads um, to kind of just discuss mm -hmm. how you can improve and, and how things are going. So when you decide, or I guess how do you decide um, which of your agents to loan out to which department? Are you talking with your team leads about that? Yeah, um, so typically... directly? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both, right? Um, in some cases, it'll be a hey, can we have can we have Susan? We need her on on this team. She has a specific skill set we're looking for. Um, and in those cases, sure, like let's let's see what we can do to make this available. How's that going to affect the rest of the team, etc. Um, and that'd be talking directly with the team lead um, and their director. So myself, two directors, team leads, and then individual teams that that support the products. Um, and um, and based on the size of the team, some of those team leads are very much in the queue, just like an agent. And other times it's like, wow, I've got a lot of people on my team and, you know, team management is, is a lot of my duties. Um, but yeah, so, so there's a conversation, Hey, can, can we afford this? What, what effect is this going to have on our team? Um, you know, what kind of load is the rest of the team going to have to bear so that we can help, help this other, um, this other section of the company take care of their goals. Um, and, and then if it's a, Hey, we need this person. Cool. Let's, let's talk about that. And is there anyone else that would be a good fit? Has this person had a lot of opportunity lately and this other person might need a chance? Um, so we might even push back and say, no, you can't have Susan, but you can have, you know, Emily can, can be on and, you know, move, move that person over. Um, in other cases, it's a, Hey, we need three people to do QA who's interested. And so we would talk to the, the team lead with that particular product. And we would say, Hey, what, what bandwidth do we have? And, you know, how you've got six people, we need three of them. Um, what would that look like? So, so again, it, it kind of varies. And I think there's, um, if I were thinking about this from, you know, talking to someone else in another company and, Hey, how would, how would you roll this out? I, 
at least for us, it's, it's really hard to have the absolutes. Like this is exactly how we do it. I think, I think being really flexible in the, in the moment and, you know, knowing, having a handle on, on the volume, having a handle on what you're expecting, um, gives you an idea on, okay, what, what bandwidth will we have? And then let's be, you know, as flexible as we can on that. And, and then also try to be fair, you know, make sure that one person's not just getting all the opportunities, but, uh, you're able to spread that around to the whole team that way, you know, I, I can say, Hey, like, it's not just that I'm putting more work in because, you know, Joe's over there getting an opportunity. Now I have to work harder, but it's like, Oh, Joe's having his chance and I'm going to have my chance in a little bit here. And it may look a little different, but I want to, you know, based on what I want to do as my career goals and things like that. Awesome. I love that. That's just such a unique opportunity for, I think just kind of personal and professional growth. Like how often do you get that much cross training and education about a business, um, within one role? That's really neat. It's it's a nice little educational opportunity. And again, typically it fits in with where the person is interested in moving in their career too. So, you know, in their one-on-ones with their team lead, it's like, hey, I'd I'd love to be on the CSM team someday. Cool. You know, file that in the back of their head. And then when an opportunity comes up to work with the team, hey, let's, let's have, you know, let's have this person go out because they've expressed an interest in that area. Um, so yeah, and, and again, it's kind of a chance for those teams to kick the tires a little bit and, and see how awesome our, our, our team and, our, and that particular individual actually is. So if there's an opportunity in the future for them to move on, then, um, then they're, they're the obvious pick and they've already got to see how that works, which is kind of a neat, I really look at our team, um, on support as kind of the farm team for the company. You know, we, we bring folks in kind of off the street, um, at varying levels of understanding of how our technology and the education system here in the U S works. Uh, we get them up to speed. We help them understand our customers um, and prepare them so that, again, if they want to, I'm, I'm 100% happy to have people stay on the support team. I love having senior agents and stuff. But, but if their desire is to move in a different direction, you know, we've, we've helped set them up so they're a great candidate for um, roles in other parts of the company. And, and they're well-trained and they understand our products and our customers and in a deeper way than you would get if you had an outside hire for that role. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's the perfect training ground for just about any role. Yeah, and it, it, it's one thing too, If again, if you're at a company and you're thinking about, hey, how do I sort of set that up? I had to really shift my mindset in the beginning. As a, as a new manager, it was like, okay, I've got these people and I've got to train them and I've got to get them good. And now they're finally useful and they want to leave. And I'm, I'm really struggling with that concept. Like, they want to be somewhere else. Why don't they want to be on my team? Like, aren't, aren't I good enough? And and I really had to kind of come to grips with that and go, no, my role here in the company is to, to have a good process to bring people in. I need to, I need to have a good screening and onboarding process. Uh, and one of my directors, uh, Kaylin Bailey, and I have worked on that for the last probably five years. Um, but we had to have a good process to get people in and get the right candidates. And then we had to have a great process to get them up to speed so they didn't crash and burn. And it's, a, it's like drinking from a fire hose. There's a lot to learn. And we wanted to make sure that they, they had a good process on there. But then we really see our role as um, getting them here, helping them grow. Um, and then one, so, so like the first year we're pouring into them, the second year they're giving back. And after that period, if they want to stay longer, that's awesome. But if they want to move on to another team and there's another opportunity, then, you know, we're, we're okay with that. They've, they've kind of, they've put their effort in and, and we've gotten return on that investment. So, so again, if you're, if you're setting this up, think about like changing your mindset from, from, Hey, I'm just, I'm hiring people and I got to keep them on my team and have them grow here to just saying, Hey, like I'm, I'm part of the, the bigger picture goal, what we're trying to do as a company. I love that. And I, I can definitely see that kind of mentorship side of your leadership style coming out. Um, I think I saw that you're, that you're a mentor in the support driven, um, Slack community as well. Yeah, I've, I've been part of the Aspire program, not actually right now, um, but uh, it's a little busy at work right now, but I, I think I've done it 
I think I mentored five people now. So it's been, I think the first session I was one of the mentors and, and I've, I've gone through and done that again and again. And it's, it's really, um, I love being able to, to help people grow. Um, my, my biggest satisfaction is watching people grow and level up in their abilities. And I think from a career satisfaction point, like the close relationships that I've had and, and with my, my two directors that, that have been with me for a while and with our team leads, um, with our agents too, but I have less day-to-day interaction with them. Um, but just being able to say, Hey, like, let's help this person go from here to here in their leadership abilities and their growth. And it's really good. So, yeah. That's really cool. That, yeah, I can definitely see that, that side of your, your leadership style coming out. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm curious when you were first kind of coming up with this idea to do, to like lend your, your team members out to other departments in the company, how did you go about kicking it off or, or if was, and if there was any pushback, how did you kind of advocate, uh, the importance of this initiative? I think for us, it was a little backwards from that. So back in the early days of the startup world, like everybody was on support. In fact, you would call in and you might actually get the CEO sometimes because everyone had a desk, a phone on their desk and everyone was just like, Hey, we're here to do the same job. We're here to, to take care of our clients. Um, so you might talk to a developer, you might talk to a salesperson, or you might talk to someone that was actually support, um, during that time period. And I think growing a team in that environment uh, that was very collaborative just led us to naturally when there was a need, it was like, cool, I'm help. You know, we had a, one of our early support um, agents who started around when I did, um, she was the one that was in charge of putting together our annual conferences, our user conferences. And that took up a ton of time, uh, but it was something that was very important. It was in line with her experience. She'd, she'd gone to college and, you know, event planning was part of what she did. And, and so, you know, during that season in, 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 in the early, in the late months of the year, and then the early first part of the year when we'd have our, our conferences in February, um, she would be pretty much not on the support team. She'd be doing that work. And so it wasn't like a formal, like, ah, we need to, we have this need and we want to build this program out. It was more this, we're just kind of used to being able to flex and Hey, this team needs someone. So let's, let's be flexible about that. So as we grew to a much larger company, as we brought, um, these other companies together after we, we acquired them, uh, it was just kind of a natural, like, this is how we do things and this is how we can help other teams. And it was natural for those teams to come to me and say, hey, we have a need here. And me to say, sure, I'll do my best to, to field that. Or, hey, we really can't right now because we're, we're just underwater. Um, so, so I think it was less, less formal than that. I'm more just a, um, hey, we're here to help. And there was never really a need to advocate for. Again, as we got bigger with the CFO coming in and saying, well, how do, what do you folks do during the off season? Um, I was able to say, cool, like here are some of the things we're doing and here's some areas that I'd like to see us grow a little bit in that um, and expand it. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a, I actually need to advocate for this. People were really happy to have our help. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah. how, once, how did you kind of scale it then as, as Illuminate grew larger, as your team grew larger, um, how did you kind of take it to the next level? Oh, yeah. And again, I think it was fairly organic in how that happened. Basically it was, there were needs and we, we jumped in and said, Hey, we're here to help. Um, I think there was kind of a sense too, as, as new people came on board on the support team, it was like, well, what do we do during this? And it was like, well, you know, the first year focusing on learning our product and really getting good at it. And then as they're talking to their teammates and stuff, it's like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is going over here to do QA. Hey, I'm interested in maybe not QA, but I'm interested in becoming a developer. And I'm going to go talk to the development team and, oh, they have a, they have a need to, to do this or that. And it's like, sure, let's, let's make that available. So, 
Um, it was less of a, you know, a formal, like, Hey, here's how we want to scale and grow this thing. And as we got bigger, that was kind of how we did it. I think the challenge that we've had lately is really, um, because we're, um, you know, we, we've been trying to be as efficient as possible. Um, that's meant that our staff levels are, are below maybe where we have extra cushion for, for projects like that. And so one of the things that I've been really trying to do lately is, um, make sure that we do have some bandwidth for folks to do, um, special projects and to do uh, assignments on other parts of the company. And, um, that's one of the reasons we're hiring this year, which I'm, I'm again, super excited about. Um, and I know our team is going to be feeling better about having that, um, a little bit of breathing room and bandwidth again. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I think it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to, to cultivate more a little bit. Um, but, but in the beginning, it just kind of sort of happened and, and it, uh, you know, we were able to kind of keep it going. So. What have been a couple of your favorite success stories from this initiative so far? Oh, geez. I, I think it's, again, when, when folks move into to other roles, like, oh, we totally want this person. Um, one of our, one of our early, um, it was a couple of years ago, one of our support agents was, uh, he came from a background from um, like doing stand-up comedy and improv and stuff like that. And he's very, you know, acting and um, just a really great personality. Um, and from the early days when he was working, um, several of the sales guys in the office, were like, Oh, we like that guy. Like he's a, he's a great guy. Um, like, cool. You know? And, and there was, there was an opportunity for inside sales that opened up and like, Hey, we want Topher. Can, can we, can we make this happen? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And, and he had done some work with, with the, the sales team prior to that, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that and moved into that role. And has really over the last couple of years, just taking it to the next level. He's, he's becoming a really good sales guy. Um, and, and really progressing in an area that, um, again, had I been like trying to keep everyone on my team and kind of holding everything tightly, he wouldn't have had that opportunity. And so, um, it's been a little while since, since COVID and everything, but before that we'd go out to, to lunch and once a quarter or something, just check in see how things are going. And, um, and he just was really enjoying, um, blossoming and growing in, in his new role. And that, that's just one story of, of someone that's moved on. We've had folks that moved to the CSM team in similar type capacity where, you know, they started off and they didn't have a background in that, but because they were able to come in and, and learn a little bit from support and then and have an opportunity on that team to, to help out um, and, and catch someone's eye, it was like, oh, this is, this is great. And, and now they're in a very different role than they were in kind of in the beginning, um, which is great from a career growth perspective. And it's been really great for Illuminate too, because we've got these really qualified, awesome people in really great roles. For sure. Yeah. Especially, yeah, with sales and CSM, they probably, these folks from the support team probably know the product better than anyone. Yeah, they, they definitely do. <laughs> they, they certainly stand out. And, and even again, on the, the QA and the development side of the house, um, often, you know, engineers and QA folks, they understand the spec and they understand how to run the tests, but they don't really understand necessarily how people are using it in the real world. And I think that's really a like if, again, if I were in a different organization kind of trying to set something like this up, I think, I think the, the QA role is a really important one and really easy for support to move in and help out. Um, just because there's that, that knowledge of this is how our customers use our product. Um, and this is how you combine that with someone coming from the side saying, this is how it's built and how it's designed to work. And, and, and that's a really great synergy right there. Hmm. So what, what kind of projects or tasks are your support team members doing when they they work with QA are they just kind of providing feedback on things or it's actually running running tests and so let's say there's a new feature that's out um, hey here, here's the new feature here's how it's designed here's what we were thinking behind it here's some of the components that um, it touched um, go ahead and, and kind of you know beat it up see if you can make a break kind of a thing 
um, combining that with the, the unit testing and the stuff that they're doing, kind of the automatic testing and Selenium and stuff, um, it, it gives it that human element though. Like, Hey, this is, you know, if you do this, this, and this, which I know our customers do because a certain population percent uses it this way, it, it breaks this or, or, or this is a, this is a problem. And, um, I think back to my, my early days at Illuminate, we had a, a scanning program where you could, um, bubble in, we would print out an answer sheet and you could bubble it in and then hold it up to a webcam and it would automatically score it. So the teacher didn't have to spend money on Scantron, uh, answer sheets. They didn't have to go into the office and run them through the machine. They could just up and, and go from there. We've moved into more of an online testing era now, but back in, you know, nine years ago when I was starting, that was a really big part of our system. Um, and it was also, it was a third party vendor that provided the, the technology behind it. And at that point it was pretty buggy and they would release new software. And I, I basically had this stack of, of edge case answer sheets that there were probably 120 sheets that I would, I would run through and go, Hey, does this work in, in Safari? Does this work in Chrome? Does this work in internet Explorer? Does this work in the old version of internet Explorer? Does it work on a Mac? Does it work on a PC? Um, and I was doing QA on this product that wasn't even necessary. It was integrated in ours, but it wasn't our product. Um, but I was building it out because no one else had time to do that. And so there's, there's areas like that too. Um, again, that was early, early days, but there's stuff like that, that our, our team is able to jump in and help out with. Um, but typically it comes from products saying, Hey, we've got this thing. We're going to release it. Um, can you, can you hammer it for a week? Can you think it through? Okay. We're going to go back and we'll fix these bugs. All right. We're coming back. Can you, can you retest this and figure out if, if it's still broken in, in these different areas? Yeah. So it's like your support agents are, acting as like a customer proxy almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they understand how our customers use it. And so they're able to help share that with our team, which again, if you think of, you know, developers and things like that, um, or QA folk, they're, they're really good at what they do, but they may not necessarily understand how it actually works in the real world. So we provide that real world context. And then when your support agents are working with the sales team, are they sitting in on calls? Are they like actually talking yeah. with customers on those calls? It can be a little bit of all of the above. Um, yeah, sometimes it's sitting in on calls. Sometimes it's providing the technical answers and background. It could be something as simple as, hey, we're working on, you know, we've, we've got to do outbound calls for these 60 clients um, and our, our inside sales team doesn't have time to set them up. Here, here's kind of a script and here's how we want you to reach out. Um, yeah, so anything from, from that to, you know, being there uh, oftentimes too, and again, pandemic, not so much, but, um, you know, going on site, uh, at, we have, um, kind of regional meetings. And so having a support representative there along with the salesperson and the CSM, uh, allows the, the customers that are asking questions to, to get an actual answer, uh, from, from someone on support and not necessarily someone that might have a bigger picture in the sales perspective, but not necessarily know how the product actually works. Um, so yeah, so providing those different support type services, um, in, in those different roles. Okay. And then, um, I'd love to dig in on finance too. I'm curious what, what do your support, uh, that was a really interesting on one. Team? Yeah, it was a, so we were, uh, that, that we, that one's not a regular one. Um, but we had a need, we had, uh, they said, Hey, we need two people. We're going through, we just finished one of the merger acquisitions and it was like, we've got, we've got these renewals to get out. And we need to go through and have people kind of tabulate some of this stuff. We need to make sure that the data looks good. We need to compare these two different sources. Um, and, and we're going to need someone, you know, basically for the next month, uh, two people for the next month to just really crank through this. Um, and we were able to work with, we actually had two folks on support that were interested in the finance side of things. Um, and in both cases, it was kind of a, hey, here's some grunt work to do that needs to get done. The company like desperately needs this to be done. Um, we had the extra bandwidth and there were two people that were actually really interested in kind of moving into that, 
type of work. And so for, um, in, in one case, the person was like, cool, like I did this and I got to know those people and this isn't really where I want to be. And I think he ended up on the QA team eventually. Uh, but the other one, she was, it just really clicked for her and, and the team really appreciated her. And she's someone that's involved in our, in our renewal efforts, like moving forward, they, they basically brought her on board and, um, and she left the support team. So, um, yeah, so it, it kind of varies again. Most of the work tends to not be particularly uh, technical. Um, it's, it's, it's oftentimes kind of grunt work that needs to get done, but they don't have the bandwidth to handle it. And, and we can come in and say, sure, we're here to help. And, you know, and then they can see the work effort, work ethic and, and effort that people are able to put in and, and go, wow, this is a great person. We want them on our team. Wow. If anyone ever needed any evidence of how transferable customer support skills are, they should just talk to you. Yeah. It's, it's basically applicable <laughs> in any particular area. And, and I think it's to, to get started at a company um, is, you know, if you're saying, Hey, I'm interested in, in, in this particular company, oftentimes there's less of a barrier of entry on the customer support team than there may be somewhere else. Awesome. So I, earlier we kind of talked about how, you know, this program has benefited all the other departments. It's benefited the company as a whole. I'm curious, how have these experiences benefited the support team specifically? Yeah, I think there's a, a couple ways. The, the first and most obvious is, again, it provides a career path for people. They can test something out, see if they, you know, get to know people um, on another team and, and say, hey, is this a direction that I want to go? Um, second, it provides visibility in the company and creates the relationships. So if I'm working closely on a project with a QA person or developer, it's going to be much easier for me as a support person to connect with them later if there's an issue. Oh, I know John, I can go talk to him real quick and we don't have to maybe go through the super formal process for something that's a quick answer. So um, kind of building those relationships. And then, um, you know, again, I think team, it's been very positive in um, allowing people to see that there are other career paths. Um, I'm a big fan of individual responsibility. Um, we, we try to provide an area where, you know, people can grow and learn in the areas they're interested in, but we're also not a high school guidance counselor with the smorgasbord of opportunities and saying, Hey, how can I help coach you into this? It's more like, Hey, if you're interested, um, there are these opportunities and you can dive in and say, yeah, let me sign me up and let me show myself and, and my work ethic and, and, and also be exposed then to, to what that team does. Um, and so I think it helps give folks, a a sense of purpose and, and the ability to, you know, Hey, I, I can grow in this area and oh, oh, wow. You know, finance may not be for me. Maybe I don't that route or maybe I went, maybe I need to go back to school to get a, a, a different certification or degree so that I can go to where I really want to be on that team. Um, so I, I don't know. I think those are kind of the three, the three areas that I would say is, is benefiting my team. Um, some of them a little more selfish and others are kind of more general for the whole company, but I think they're all pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And I bet that kind of breaking down of silos and building those relationships has been especially useful over the last year as Illuminate has gone fully remote. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to have that, that good communication with other teams. And um, one of the things I had earlier today was just a cross squad collaboration meeting. And it's, it's kind of a skip level meeting where there's a representative for each one of our squads on the support team. And we all come together, we share what's going on on our teams, and then we talk through some different issues. I like it because it's a chance for me to see different frontline agents, but I think it's really beneficial for them. And again, this isn't the big picture for the company, but it's, it's so that they can work better together on in their individual product and squad, but also, Hey, I know this person, there's overlap in our work, you know, 
if I've got an issue with the integration with that particular product, I know someone over there, I know a little bit about them and, and things like that. And, and that's something that we've working really hard to foster on our team. And I think things like, um, you know, loaning folks out to other teams is also really beneficial uh, in the same fashion. Yeah. Love it. Um, so before I kind of want to start wrapping up a little bit, but before I ask you my final question, um, I always like to give folks the opportunity to add anything else. Is there a question I missed or more information that you would like to add uh, for our audience? I think I just would encourage um, support leaders and professionals to kind of be open to different opportunities and ways that your team can um, can grow individually and they can also build those relationships with others in the organization. I know that's been a theme of kind of what we've talked about here, but if, if I had to kind of sum it all up, it, it really comes down to, you know, creating opportunities and creating space for folks to um, connect cross-functionally and, and, and build those relationships. I'm writing that down. I need nice. good title inspiration for the episode. There, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the sound bite, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So final question, I have been asking this of, of everyone I've been talking to, but what advice do you have for other up and coming support leaders? Yeah. So I, I gave that some thought. You were, you're kind enough to get that to me early. So I can kind of think about it. And I, I had three points that I wanted to just bring up to folks that are maybe in their first role or, or starting out their career as a leader in support. Um, the first one that I just wanted to acknowledge um, is the whole concept of imposter syndrome is real. And everybody, at least that I've ever talked to feels that way. Um, I go through phases where um, I'm like, man, they've got the wrong guy in the job here. I don't know what I'm doing. Holy freaking cow, how can I do this? And my wife is here in my life to kind of talk me out of it. And she said, well, who else would be, who else would be better at this? And I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I am the right person, you know, but it's, I guess just to, just to kind of focus on that for a minute, especially as you're new, it's really easy to get in your head and get like psyched out. Like this person has their stuff together and they know what they're talking about. I guarantee you, they don't feel like they do. And you need to just, you know, as, as a new person, a new leader, you know, push, push through that. Don't get psyched out, but, but embrace the opportunity you have in front, learn from folks around you and, and uh, don't listen to that voice in your head that says you're a fake or an imposter and they made a bad decision. On, on that note, and that's kind of the second point would be find a mentor um, either at work who can mentor you professionally there or uh, through another you know, professional organization. Um, I have a really close mentor in my life that I met in my business, uh, master's in business program. Um, we're, we're basically family at this point. Like we've been on vacations together with our families and he's just a really important part of my life. Uh, someone that I can come to and just... He knows kind of what I'm doing and what, what I'm going through, but he's kind of that third party unbiased source, which is really great. Um, and you mentioned earlier the Aspire program through Support Drift. Um, and that's a great place if you're saying, hey, I don't, how do I get a mentor in my life? That's a great place to start. It's a free program. You can say, hey, I'd like a mentor. And folks like me or um, you know, my, my directors here at, at Illuminate, we're, we're part of that program and we want to help uh, connect with younger folks that are, that are kind of up and coming. Um, and the third and last one, and this is completely unrelated to anything, but I found it helpful in my career and something that I've been thinking about the last week, especially make sure that you're speaking the, the language of your audience when you're communicating. So if you're talking to a CFO, make sure you're, you're speaking in data and you're, you're presenting things in a way that makes sense with it, that tie back to, to revenue and to churn. Um, one of the things that we accomplished in the last week was really being able to say, Hey, we do need more headcount. And I'd been talking about this for a while, but I hadn't been communicating in a way that was making sense to senior leadership. And when I changed the, the words that I was using and I changed the way I was communicating, I was able to communicate those truths in a way they could understand and go, oh yeah, this is really important. Okay, we see this. 
uh, let's go ahead and do that. So as you're thinking about these initiatives and, and kind of saying, hey, how do I how do I change the tone or I can't get this done? Um, reflect on that and realize that, hey, maybe I'm not speaking the language that makes sense to the person I'm trying to communicate with. So there's my there's my three pieces of advice for, for new leaders. <laughs> I love that. So organized. <laughs> I do my best. Making you know? my job easy. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the goal here. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining me today, Matt. This was amazing. You have tons of great insights to share. Um, And this is just a really cool program and I loved learning about it. So thank you again. Thanks for having me, Meredith. It's been a real pleasure. That's all for this episode of Beyond the Q. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.